thank you very much. It's wonderful to be in Raleigh. Uh, one of the things that uh, uh, have kind of going to tie in a little bit to my message, and one of the reasons why I'm kind of down here on the lower level, and I may sit back here a little bit. I have had a weird year. Have you had a weird year so far? Um, somewhere right around the first of the year, I went in and had uh, knee replacement. I had hobbled through airports all around the world, and finally I said, I got to get this fixed. So I got knee replacement. Uh, and about uh, a, a month after I had knee replacement, uh, I had uh, took my uh, uh, COVID vaccine, and I had a reaction to it and got hospitalized from the vaccine. So I went, okay, all right. And then I got out of, of the hospital and about five months later, I had shoulder replacement surgery. See, these are all the years of playing football, or right? I'll just tell you. Uh, I, you know, I, someone says, well, what happened? I said, well, is, when, if you do that, you did this, to, I did this to me, all right? Nobody uh, did that to me. It was me playing the sports. And then uh, my wife's a school teacher, and uh, uh, she went to school when school was first starting out in August. And she came home. Someone there at the, uh, at the school had COVID. And I got COVID again. And I was hospitalized again. So this has been a, this has been a, a, a time and a season saying, okay, Lord, what's next? But I want to tell you, God's been faithful to me. And uh, I, I feel his strength. And this is one of our first live events that I came back to this last weekend. And I want to say I'm excited about being here, just pulling up on the grounds and seeing the building uh, the situation that is going on and the excitement that goes along with that. I, uh, I went through that many, many times while pastoring. And I, I, I kinda, it kind of goes back to that old adage. I said it, it was the, it's the best of times and the worst of times. All right, because, it, you know, there's wonderful things that are happening. You go, others, oh, God, if you don't come through, uh, is going to be a real challenge. And then one of the things I really appreciate about what your pastor was saying is that your, your real connection into the community, your, you know, into the city. We did something, pastor, we did something at my church there, and uh, I, uh, I was right out, my church was in a place called Powder Springs, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta. And, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, we won the World Series. Uh, just if you didn't know that little tidbit of information. All right. So. And Georgia is number one in the NCAA ratings. All right, all right. That's all my good news from Georgia for you, all right? Uh, and uh, so what happened, we wanted to do something for our community. And we were asking the Lord to show us something new, something different. Uh, we had good fellowship with the other churches in there. So um, some of our leaders in our church got together and said, we're going to go to our mayor of our town and we're going to go to the city council meeting and we're going to say to the city council, is there anything that we can do for you? Okay. Anything that we can offer to you as a service from our local congregation? And so we set it up that day. We went into the council meeting of the, the city council meeting of that day and went in there and got the floor. And I said, had some of my men from my church there that were with me. And, and I said, we're here just to say to you as the, uh, as the mayor and the, and the city council that we're here and we want to say to you, we are willing to do anything for you that we possibly can. How can we serve you? And you would have thought we had smacked them all in the side of the head at that point. Because they, they kind of, you know how those councilmen, all right, 
And, and the, finally, as they whispered between one another for several minutes, they said, uh, Reverend, no one's ever asked that, that before. No one's ever said, how can we serve you? They always come to us saying, we want something from you. We want something from you. And so I tell you, he said, if you'll give us some time, we'll think about this <laughs> and come up with something for you to do. And so a couple of weeks later, I got a nice letter from the mayor and said, we'd like to talk to you again. And I want to tell you, it changed that whole dynamic of our church in relationship with uh, the leaders in our city and like that, because we came in with a servant heart. Don't you know that lo the Lord loves a servant heart? It, it really blows people away instead of, because it seems like everybody wants something, but when you go in and say, How can, what can I do for you? How can I help you? It begins to change things around. And I also wanted to say about your church, Pastor, uh, I, I said it to you personally, but I, I think that uh, I've learned over the years in all the places I've traveled, I like to be able to let a congregation know your leadership team at this church, me being a guest, are wonderful people. They have treated me royally. Uh, they have uh, uh, between, uh, I don't know how many phone calls that Cameron and I have had uh, over the last several months, and he has just been excellent. Uh, uh, at the same time, Mira has done the same thing as well in conversations I had with her and the church and the staff and all the people, how they treat a guest. You, you don't always see that. You may not always know that. You may assume it, but I want to tell you, they have treated me wrong, and I just bless you as a church and pastor and your entire team in how that you treat other people and host people. So thank you very much for your kindness. Thank you. Now, Sean, okay, I don't want to, I want to, are, are we ready? Okay, all right. I, you know, yesterday I got to know everybody, or at least a good point uh, at that point. I can call some of them by name and uh, did that. I want to talk to you uh, and give you, share with you a message this morning, and it's called Choose Life. Choose Life. See, one of the things, uh, one of the things that we find is that a lot that's going on right now, let for example, I, I had something happen just this last week. How many of you know someone uh, or related to someone, maybe very close or very far, that has passed away or died because of the COVID situation? Raise your hand. Look at that. I want you to look around and see. Look at the hands. See, what happens is, and you, you can, you know, and, and I've had people from my church in, in, in Atlanta and people that I've known have, have passed away or have been, you know, months in the hospital being treated in that way. And I want to tell you, it, it's been a different kind of grieving, hasn't it? It's been, you know, it's not like somebody just some other kind of situation and they pass away. But I want to tell you, it's just been the strangest kind of thing that is there. And out of that, not just because of COVID, but it kind of gives you a, a, a thought of what is life? And how do you prepare? And how do you live your life? And what is God wanting to do? So I want to share with you this message that we have. Now, first of all, let me kind of uh, preempt what I'm going to share with you right here in this verse of Scripture. And what I'm going to ask you to do, have we got, yeah, go to the next slide there, Sean. We got the next one? With the verse of Scripture on it from Deuteronomy? You got that one? I can't, okay, I have to turn around and look. All right. Well, this is what happened in, in this message or in this scripture right here. Moses was kind of given a word to the children of Israel. And he was getting ready to fade out of the picture. 
And he wanted to give them the word. Is it back? Okay, thank you. Okay. He wanted to give them some, you know, words to live by, all right? He's getting ready to phase out of the picture. He wanted, so he wanted to say to them kind of the, I want to say last will and testament, but he wanted to say to them some really encouraging words. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to read this with me, all right? We've got about a couple of pages. All right, let's start. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death. Say that again, life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Go to the next one. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Can you say amen to that? See, one, you know, I always like this verse of scripture in particular. Uh, When I was growing up, did you ever have a textbook that had the answers in the back of the book? Do they still do that? I always like that. I always like that. You, you, you go, all right, I'm trying to figure out, especially if it was a math problem or something like that. And you go, what is the answer to this thing? And so you, you kind of flip to the back of the book and you go down and go, oh, okay. Now, it didn't tell you how to formulate it, didn't tell how to do it, but it told you what the right answer was. Well, I kind of feel this is the way it is, that he's saying this, I've set before you this, and I want to tell you something. I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses, and it's almost as if he says, and if you don't know the right answer... I'll tell you the right answer. Choose life. (laughs) I like that. I I need answers like that, don't you? That kind of tell me what, you know, not only kind of a suggestion and I have to think about it. I want, tell me what the answer is and I'll I'll just move on. And that's exactly what he was saying here in this verse of scripture about life. I'm setting before you life. I want you to live a life and I want you to know within that life you live, there's going to be times and seasons of blessing. There's going to be times where it seems like curses are overcrowding you. But in the midst of this, I want to tell you the answer. Choose life. And then he begins to tell you that your days are going to be long. You're going to be blessed. God's going to be with you and God's going to take care of you. So he's sharing that to the children of Israel. Now, do you think Moses could kind of go on up to the mountain and and, and pass away and leave the children of Israel in good hands that they could go on because he's given them some word to live by. That's what he's given us today. He wants us to be able to choose life. Say that with me, choose life, choose life. Now, let me give you a definition. Go to the next slide. Here's a definition of the topic of choosing life. I want you to go to one more. There you go. A definition is of, of choosing life. It is our relationships and our destinies as children of God. And in many cases, it prevents... Oh, wait a minute. There you go. All right. The assignment of the spirit of death is to destroy our life through inner vows and trauma. The enemy does this by attacking our hopes and our dreams. Go next. There you go. And our relationships and our destinies as children of God. And in many cases, it prevents us from moving forward with God. The enemy wants to kill you, okay? Now, let me talk about that. I like that, you know. I, you know, I didn't kind of get up this morning to think, let's talk about death. But I want to kind of give you a day. How many ways does the enemy want to kill you? Every possible way. Here, let me give you a couple of them. First of all, he wants to kill your spirit. He doesn't want you to be saved. 
He doesn't want you to have a personal relationship with God. He doesn't want you to be filled with the Spirit. He doesn't want you to walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit. He doesn't want you to have a, a personal relationship with God that you talk to him and he talks to you. He doesn't want you to have that. So he wants to kill anything that would breathe spiritual life into you in every area. And you may go, why does the enemy want to do that? He doesn't want you to have salvation. He doesn't want you to have the peace of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to have the comfort in times of trouble that you're, he wants you to suffer, suffer, suffer. And he wants you to be alone and abandoned. Here's another word. He wants you to be orphaned. Think about that. That's a great word. I like that word. He wants you to literally have something and have lost it and have feels that mentality of being orphaned before God. Second of all, he has no problem killing you. All right. Now, you may think about that. Is that true? Here's what the word of God says in, in uh, 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 John 10 and 10, where it says that, for that, that what Satan has done, that he has come to rob, kill, steal, and what? Destroy. That's his, you know what? I like that verse of scripture. It's a bad you know, verse of scripture, but it's a good one because it's the, it's the job description of the devil. All right. What do you, what do, you do? I rob, I kill, I steal, and I destroy, okay? Let me ask you, have any of you ever been robbed, stolen, and the enemies brought spiritual death into any area of your life? See, he, he has no problem doing that. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't love you. He doesn't want the best for you. He has no problem doing any of those things without any recourse and without any repentance and without any attitude in his heart about it, he has no problem of that taking place. Second of all, he wants to bring not only he to bring death to your body, he wants to bring death to your soul, okay? Your soul, what is that? See, your soul operates in three, your mind, okay? Your mind, your emotions, and will. Let me show you how this works, all right? He wants to bring death to your mind. He doesn't want you to think good thoughts, he doesn't want you to follow those influences. See, your mind is your influences, your thoughts, your belief system, your attitudes, because when he begins to attack your, uh, your soul in that area of your mind, it diminishes your attitude, it kills. Here's one thing it is. It kills your hopes, your dreams, and your desires. Have you ever felt like the enemy just, you, maybe you felt like that there were some dreams and vision that you had and the enemy wants to come in and snuff that thing out? To steal that dream and that, that calling, that direction, that purpose, that destiny. He wants to kill all those things. He wants to, he wants to press into our thoughts even to the point of, of, of losing our own life and a, hope, a spirit of hopelessness, okay? A spirit of hopelessness. He wants to do it even through that we begin to get fascination of things that are death or loss that take place. The other thing is in our emotion. He doesn't want you to have deep feelings of, uh, in your heart. He doesn't want you to love unconditionally. He doesn't want you to care in those areas. See, it is, it, he, wants, he was sent to the purpose to steal our joy. That's part of your emotions. He doesn't want you to be happy. He wants to steal the joy out of every area of your life. In fact, you know, sometimes I think that he just wants to suck it right out of you in the way that it is. Because you, you, about the time something happens, it's like here he comes along and he goes, and just sucks the very life and the essence out of the whole situation. And then, and then he wants to kill your will. See, your will is good intentions, isn't it? 
It's the things you're wanting to accomplish. It's your ability to make good choices. You know, how many of you think that the enemy wants you to make good choices? No, he doesn't want you. He wants you to make destructive choices, uh, selfish choices, prideful choices uh, in, in that area. He doesn't want you to care and have feelings in those other areas. See, the influence of the Spirit leads to destructive choices. You know, I, one, one thing I, as a pastor, I'd like to say to uh, my congregation is that, that somebody got saved, uh, given their heart to the Lord, and they said, what's going to happen to me now? And I said, well, what I'm really praying is going to happen, that as the next weeks and months go by, you're going to start making more right choices than wrong choices. Now, you're not going to start out as a Christian making all those right choices. You, it'd be great if you did, but more than likely, you're going you're gonna to struggle in that area, but yet... You're going to find yourself, if you're listening to the voice of God, you're following the word of God, you're going to make more right choices than wrong choices, and then that begins to be a pattern in your life. Right, man? See, it's that process that he wants to work in your life. And here's one of the last things I wanted to point out here. And this, he wants to kill your relationship. How many of you think he wants you to have a good relationship? He wants to kill your home, your family, your marriage, husbands and wives, Job situations, parents and children, all of those things. He want, does not want you to have a good relationship at all. Why? Because we, we were talking about it yesterday because we have what is called good soul ties and unholy soul ties. A good soul tie is that relationship, you know, all kinds between a parent and a child and a husband and a wife and friends and things that, that speak into your life that are a blessing to you. But then there is also those unholy soul ties that, again, are destructive in that way. That, that home, that family, those relationships. He didn't want you to have a good relationship. See, the spirit of the spirit of death and destruction in this area that I'm talking about. This spirit's ultimate goal is to separate you from God and the abundant life that God has called you to have. He doesn't want you to have any of those things. So what opens the door to that? Let's go to the next slide there, okay? One of the areas that begin to open up in our lives is what I call inner vows. Uh, very simply, who's harder on you than anybody else? I, I, I told somebody a while back, uh, uh, is, I, you know, I've called myself worse names than anybody else has already called me. Isn't that about right? You know, I, I didn't need somebody else around, you know, to say something like that. Could I, so I, I'd look in the mirror and say, Raymond, how dumb are you? You know, how could you do that? I, I, told, I, I think I shared the story the other day. Yeah, uh, do it and I'll share it right now. Have you ever made a, a dumb choice? Uh, like that. I remember being about five years old, and uh, uh, this is way back when. And uh, um, this is when more women wore hairpins, you know, hairpins like that. And uh, my mother wore hairpins, and I remember finding one in the house that we were living in. My father was a pastor, and, and I saw one of these hair. And somewhere in my mind, it, I thought this little hairpin would fit really nice in an electrical outlet. So I picked it up and walked over to the wall there in the, the room where it was, and I stuck that uh, uh, hairpin into that electrical socket. And to be honest, that's the last thing I remember, all right? Because it knocked me across the room. I'm laying in the middle of the room, my hair standing up, and 
you know, I'm shaking on the floor and, and it blew the fuses in that part of the house. My mother runs in there and when I wake up, my mother's patting me on the face saying, what, are you okay, are you okay? And then she says to me, Raymond, what did you do? Nothing. <laughs> I didn't do nothing, you know. And, she, and then I remember this look. She looked over to the wall where I'd stuck the electrical socket in. And there was a black streak all the way up the wall, you know. And she said, well, you did something, you know. And uh, I, I remember getting in trouble for that. But here was something that, you know, I didn't know, but I did. But it had those kind of consequences. See, we get involved in those kinds of things that can take place in our life that bring about consequences. Let's look at some of those inner vows. And I'm going to kind of go over them real quick. First of all, these are the things that you say to yourself. Things like, I wish I was dead. Some of you, the reality in all my experience, the reality is that within this room right now, there are several of you that have contemplated suicide. There are even several of you that have attempted suicide. Now, you may, nobody may know it in this room, but the truth is that you, at some point, in some juncture in your life, you were overwhelmed by a circumstance or a situation that you're in and says, the best way out is me to be gone. Okay, I'm just going to, I'm not looking for you. Don't raise your hand, don't either. I'm just going to tell you, that's the reality. See, those, those are those inner vows that we had. You may say it to nobody else, but it's something you said to yourself. Or maybe you say to your family, they would be better off without me. Over the years, I've been associated with several people in contact with them as a pastor that have committed suicide. And then, let me tell you, none of them that left a note ever wrote a note like this. Hey, listen, you know, they write a note. I love my wife. I love my family. I love my kids. love my job. I love God. I think I'm going to take my life. They don't write that note. The note they write is, I'm a failure. I'm a disappointment. I'm a disappointment to myself. I'm a disappointment to my wife and my family. They would be better off without me. The world would be better off without me. See, see how, the, see how that spirit of death and destruction that fights against what God is saying, choose life, choose life, choose life, that other voice that is saying, take life. The other thing is that, uh, or maybe even tomorrow, I wish I'd never been born. Here's, here's one, I like this one right here, that next one. Uh, I, I like, the, I like the, the next one, it says, I wish the Lord would return. See, that's a spiritual way out, isn't it? You know, you go, hey, I want out of here so bad and, and I don't want to kill myself, but boy, if Jesus would come back right now, he'd really, that would be a great thing, you know. That would be the best way out of the situation I'm in. If Jesus would come by and in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, whoo, I'm out of here, all right? See, even to that point, you spiritualize. You begin to feel useless. I want to end my life. I, I had one guy, and I put this in the notes right here. My dad and brother died at age 40. I had, I had a man in my church uh, when I was pastoring in California. He came up to me. And <laughs> strange thing happened as to a pastor. He came up to me, he said, uh, Hey, uh, Pastor, I just want to let you know I'm not going to be around very much longer. And I went, are you moving? <laughs> you know, are you, are you changing jobs? He said, no, I'm, I'm going to die soon. And I said, I didn't know you were sick. He said, I'm not. And I said, so you're not sick and there's nothing wrong with you, but 
you're dying. You're going to, he said, yeah. He said, nobody in my family, none of the men in my family have lived past 40 years old. And I'm 39. So it won't be long now and I'll be gone too. And I, 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 I wanted to grab this guy and just, you know, wake up, you know. That was, just think, here, here was, and I want you to see how this works. Here was a generational curse on a family line in a mentality of death. And so they, they all had, hey, time's running out. I'm going to be gone. It's all going to be over. And now they begin to live their life in that hopeless situation that was there. And I remember taking him aside, and I, I got out the biggest bottle of oil I could find, uh, to anoint him, and I, I laid hands on him, and I prayed over him, and I said, "I want you to, con- I want you to repent of buying into those inner vows and curses that you're speaking on yourself." You know, you no one's saying you're going to die other than you, and maybe members of your family. I'd stay away from them. Don't go. Don't go to that with them to the family reunion that year. All right. But, you know, what happened, he had bought into the lie that this is the way it was going to be. And that doesn't even line up to God's word. That doesn't line up to those things that God is wanting wanting to say and do in those areas. All right? I lost my note. Oh, there it is. Okay. Now, here's what I want to do. There's other things that you have faced that you may have faced. How many of you uh, men or women have been in the military? Let me see your hand. Excellent. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Here's one of the things is that I find that many of the people, uh, and uh, some of you are uh, your fathers and uncles and of the past that were in the war, they don't talk about the war. They won't talk about it uh, because there was too much death they saw and other horrible things that they saw. That they, see, there was a trauma there was there. Here's that word trauma again. There was a trauma because of what they saw, what they were a part of. Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. A, a man in my church came to me. I was talking about this one day because it tormented him. And he, he was in Vietnam, and he was a part of an art, artillery group. And one of the things that uh, they did after they had sent a barrage of, of artillery out into an enemy area, they had to go there and make a body count of how many that were killed during that bombardment of the artillery that they did. And what they did is they cut off the left ear of the, pers- of the body they found and put them on a string and brought them back. Now, how many times could you do that without it impacting you? How many times could you do that without something in you shifting and changing by what you saw, what you did, what you were a part of? Maybe some of you here had a severe accident, something that you shouldn't have. I kind of felt that way when I went into the hospital with COVID. I didn't know what was going to happen because of the situation I was in. Or maybe some of you had a serious accident. Maybe you have been injured. Maybe you've had a permanent disability. And then all of a sudden, your life has changed. And the enemy uses that disability, uses that accident, again, to steal your joy, steal your peace, steal your happiness, Okay. Maybe there's something, maybe you experienced a violent, a violent crime. Maybe you were robbed or maybe you were beaten or maybe you were raped. Maybe there was something violent that happened to you that changed your life in some way. Maybe you had a sickness or a disease. 
something that is battling, something that maybe even you're battling right now in your life. You may say, Raymond, how does this? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to do right now. I want to ask you a question, and I'm, I'm not... I'm kind of swinging my message around to where I want to move to a, to a time of ministry here in a few moments. Here's what I want to ask you this question is, I want you to ask the Lord to reveal to your mind any inner vow or anything that you've done or anything that's happened to you that the enemy is using against you to steal your joy, your peace, and your happiness. Okay, ask the Lord. See, you may, you may, what I find is when, when I look at it and I would say, oh, that was really bad and this happened. Right. But what happens is that a lot of times the one that I would choose is not the one the Lord chooses. Because somehow the one he chooses has almost like deeper roots. It affects more areas that I may not be cognitive of than if I thought, well, that was really bad. But I want you to just ask the Lord, that question right now. I tell you what, pray this with me. Say, Lord, I give you permission right now to reveal to me, speak to me that area of my life that I have experienced some form of trauma that the enemy is using to steal my joy, to steal my peace, and to steal my life. In Jesus' name, let him speak to you. Let him speak to you. Hallelujah. Let me just share this with you is I told you how the enemy wants to steal and kill your spirit, to kill your soul, kill those things. Here's what the opposite of that is. God wants to bring life to your spirit. That same, I want you to picture this. That same God that leaned over Adam in the Garden of Eden and cupped his hands and went, is the same God that's on the throne today that wants to lean over you and go, to breathe in you fresh life. Life to your spirit. Life to your relationships. Life to your soul. Life to his will and purpose and destiny in your life. He wants to do that, not just once, but he wants to daily just be there to, that breath of God to breathe into you. And the Bible says when God did that, that Adam became a living soul. <laughs> he became alive. He wasn't, just, he wasn't just alive in the blood flowing through his veins. He became a soul. He became, he became the reason that Jesus would come and die on the cross because of the soul, okay? It wasn't the body, it was the soul that he came to redeem and to save. And he wants to do that for you today. Here's what I want you, I'm gonna say something, I want you to repeat this at, at, after me. Say, any place the enemy is stolen, he can redeem. Any place that the enemy is killed, 
He can resurrect. And any place that the enemy is destroyed, he can restore. Amen. You believe that? You believe that? See, that's the truth. That's the life that he wants to do. In the moment, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We're going to put it up and we're going to pray this together. And what we're going to do here, we're going to pray in this prayer three or actually four different areas, okay? We're going to pray a prayer of repenting, all right? Now, this isn't repenting necessarily of sins. This is, repent, this is repenting, Lord, if I have bought into the lie of the enemy and his death wish upon me, if I bought into it any way in the name of Jesus, I repent of it, all right? That's going to be a part of the prayer. Second of all, we're going to pray a prayer of renouncing. We're going to say, if that's a part of my life, I don't want that to be a part of my life anymore, okay? If that's a pattern that I'm living in, 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 in my life, I don't want it to be that pattern. I want to break that pattern in my life. And then the last thing or the area is we're going to pray that it would be broken. Sometimes the enemy has such a hold on us that we have to break his grip on us. We have to break it. We have to rise up. And here's the idea behind this too is you may say, how can I do that? If you are a child of God, you have authority in the name of Jesus. I, you know, I really find that a lot of people aren't told that they have authority. You know, they go, well, I, I hope I have it. No, you have authority. You have the authority to look the enemy in the face and say, get out of my life. Leave me now in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. No. I, I even get this picture sometime of me fighting, if I was wrestling with the enemy, is taking my fist and sticking it under your nose and going, yeah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. Because I'm, I'm just not going to put up with that. Because I want to walk in the freedom that God has stored. And then we're going to speak a blessing. Let me tell you this quick story before I lead you in this prayer. Uh, you got that up there, Sean? We'll, we'll, we'll go to the, the prayer. You don't have the prayer? Then I will lead them in that prayer, all right? I had a lady, one of our retreats that I went, it was in Colorado. And uh, <laughs> uh, she worked out on a big ranch out there in Colorado. And uh, she came to one of our events. And she, I'd been talking about life and death and the spirit of death and how the enemy wants to kill and rob and store and destroy. So I, you know, basically very similar to what I shared with you. And uh, she came down at the end. Of the thing, and she said, uh, Raymond, I don't know if I have a spirit of death in my life. And I go, Well, not everybody does, but uh, I said, Well, tell me what's happened. She said, Well, I'll share some things with you, and you tell me if it's a spirit of death. And I said, Okay. She said, uh, Working out on the ranch where I've worked, I've been struck by lightning twice. Okay. She said, I've been involved in three serious car accidents that I could have died. I went, okay. She said, I've attempted suicide twice. I went, okay. She said, do you think that's the spirit of death? And I went, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've never had anybody kind of put it quite that way, okay, that, that they'd gone through that. I said, yeah. And she said, well, what should I do? I want to tell you, every once in a while as a pastor or a minister, you get asked some question, you go, I don't have an answer to that. And I said, I looked at her. I looked at her and I said, wait a second, all right? 
And I turned around. Pastor, you know how this goes. You go, oh, God. I don't know what to say to this lady. And if you don't help me, she's in trouble, all right? Help me. Tell me what do I say to her. Hey, have you ever had the Lord drop a whole thought in your head at one time? Just like, like, oh. And so I really got empowered. At the, I kind of squirked my shoulder. I walked up to her and I said, I've got an answer. And she said, what is it? I said, I've got some good news and I got some bad news. I said, the bad news is it is a spirit of death and the enemy's tried to kill you. But the good news is he didn't get you. For some reason, God's got a hand on you that has kept you safe, that has protected you to bring you to this moment in time for a breakthrough in your life. Amen? And I want to say that to some of you right now. Some of you shouldn't be here today, all right? Some of you have had some things happen in your life. It could have gone the other way just like that. You could have been gone. And you may say, and I want to tell you, the bad news is the enemy's trying to kill you. But the good news is God has kept his hand on you. He's kept you safe. He's protected you. He's brought you here today to be free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you ready to be free from the spirit of death? I want you to stand, and I'm going to lead you in this prayer together, all right? Now, how do you pray this prayer? Well, one of the things about this prayer is that you don't... I, I kind of like to use this as an illustration sometimes uh, because... Hold on, let me get over here to, to get my notes. So I've got the prayer right here. There you go. If you had a mad dog come into your yard where your children were playing and the dog is doing all that kind of stuff, how would you talk to that dog? This doesn't come up very often. Would you say, sweet little puppy dog, I'd really appreciate it if you got out of my yard and didn't bother my kid. Man, you would get a rock. You'd get a stick, you'd kick it, you'd punch it, you would do whatever it was and tell it, get out, be gone. Let me tell you, we're going to pray a prayer here, and I don't want you to say, sweet little spirit of death, just don't bother me anymore. I want you to rise up in the name of Jesus, and I want you to take the authority that you have, and I want you to look him right in the eye and say, get out of my life, get out of my life, leave me today in the name of Jesus. Are you ready? Let's pray this prayer together. Pray this. Hey, Heavenly Father, I repent to you this day for any inner vow that I have made or willful sin that opened the door for a spirit of death. I acknowledge that this vow is a lie and it does not line up to your word or your character are your plan for my life. I repent of all words, of all actions from me that have reinforced the effects of this vow. I repent of all thoughts of suicide, self-destruction, and harm in Jesus' name. Now in Jesus' name, 
I renounce every vow, every action on my part or by any of my former generations that have opened the door to a spirit of death or a spirit of suicide or a spirit of destruction. Spirit of death, I declare you can no longer use these lies against me. I shut the door on you. I choose life. I choose life. And I renounce all attempts and thoughts of suicide. I renounce all the lies that I have believed about myself. And I choose to accept the truth of God's word that declares that I am beautiful and I am wonderful creation by him. And in the name of Jesus, I now, do this with me, I now break the power of the spirit of death and suicide over my life. I break all inner vows, all generational influences that have given you any power or authority in my life. Spirit of death, your effect, your rule over my life is canceled. I command you to leave me now in the name of Jesus. Spirit of death and destruction, I speak death to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, here's what I want you to do. Boy, you read my mind. You read my mind. Here's what I want you to do. You know, when something happens, you need to put, put them on notice. Right, you know, I mean, if you, if you change addresses, you go to the post office and put them on notice, you've changed addresses. Another thing, you know, I'm no longer here. Here's my new phone number. Here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to use this thought to put those around you on notice, okay? Here's what I want you to do. We're going to use that word, I choose life. But here's what it is. I want you to do this. We're going to do this three times. First of all, I want you to point up to heaven and tell God, today you have made a decision that you choose life. Okay? And then the second time you say it, I want you to tell it to yourself. See, sometimes you're the last one to know, all right? All right, I want you to tell you I choose life. Raymond, I am choosing life for my, this is my life decision for me. I choose life. And then thirdly, I want you to point down to every demon of darkness and I want you to put all the hell on notice that today you're choosing life. Amen? Are you ready? We're going to do this three times and point, point up to heaven and say, I choose life. I choose life. I choose life. Do it again. I choose life. I choose life. I choose life. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah, hallelujah.